I say potato, you say potato. I say tomato, you say tomato. I say music, you say? Whatever your taste, music, like sport, is a universal language. My dad was terribly strict, and popular or rock music was a big no-no. The only pop music he tolerated was Thank You for the Music, performed by ABBA. Growing up in Beach Road in the 70s, I remember the sound of the Highlanders every April spread out on the boulevard practicing their pipes, and then that mesmerizing thrill of the side drums would cut through the air. Now my brother, he's nine years my senior, he dared to sneak in albums like Dark Side of the Moon and Classic Rock, and he introduced me to a keyboard wizard called Rick Wakeman with his journey to the center of the earth. It was a whole new world. So I wonder how many listeners can guess the topic in our next chat when I say these names. Buddy Rich, Ian Pace, Neil Peart, Steve Gadd, John Bonham. Did you guess it? Yep, these are some of the more famous drummers of all time. Showman, sure, but they all had this to say about each other. I learnt so much listening to him or watching his style. They never stopped learning. We're lucky to have our own drum master, and it's great to welcome you, Gavin Hughes, from Double Beat Drum Studio. Good day, T, and all you Chet Fire listeners. Gavin, give us a quick flashback on your drumming journey from school to Double Beat Studio. Well, T, it's quite a long story, I would say. And, um, I started in Newcastle High School Cadet Band uh, many years ago, and I was fortunate to win the Natal Individual Competition, and I came second in South Africa. And this was all military-based sort of drumming. I managed to have opportunities to play with a lot of the local bands of the time and in worship teams. And um, just offhand, I was just thinking of it the other day, I had the opportunity of playing with a few um, Burumasik bands and the country and western names. And those of you that are a little bit older, you probably remember them. The likes of Barbara Ray and Herbie and Spence and C.S. Reinecke, uh, Yamis Yamnik and Nico Carstens and Flippy Van Fieren. Those were just great times. And um, I actually had an opportunity a few years ago to do a concert, a gig with South Africa's recognized jazz pianist Melvin Peters at the Playhouse Studio. I would say it started uh, Double B 20 years ago and initially established Double B to develop or try to develop a culture of drumming music and music on the KZN South Coast. Now, you mentioned that you're involved in your local church, but you're also signed to quite a popular band down Margate Way. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yes, I had an opportunity to start playing with a band called The Gentry. They're Margate-based and play mostly down Margate Way. The genre would be quite extensive from the good old 60s rock and roll to jazz to country and western up to the latest Lady Gaga and Ed Sheeran, just to name a few. And then I think before, just before the lockdown, or if I go back 18 months, we've had the opportunity as a band to open for the of Matthew Moll, uh, Dan Patlansky, 
Corinzoid, the Polytones, Snotkop, and then recently Jeremy Loops. Uh, most gigs are down Margate Way, obviously because they are Margate-based band. But we have done one or two gigs at the Crusaders in Durban North and quite a few extensive gigs at Wild Coast Sun. Well, I hope the gentry will be willing to travel up Sapphire Coast Way after lockdown so that we can enjoy you this side as well. For sure. (laughs) Try that out. (laughs) Gavin, what's great for me is that you have both the skill and the experience to be a great teacher not just for aspiring drummers to learn their instrument, but also to teach your students the ins and outs of the music game, obviously, and what it means to prepare to go out on circuit. Yes, T, I think what I've done, and I've tried to teach them from a place of experience, like the pros and cons that I've had to put up with all my stage years. So it actually becomes quite a thing where I've learned that if you played on the small stage, Uh, extensively. It's actually a learning curve to be able to go and play on a big stage. And equally so, if you played on the big stage extensively for many years, you actually have to readjust back to being able to play on a small stage. And so it's literally how to deal with playing with other musicians. I think the skill that one has to learn from that is to be able to listen to what is going around you and to actually play your instrument in such a way that you're actually complimenting the other musicians on the stage so that they sound good. You know, my dad used to say he doesn't have enough rhythm to knock on a door or enough music to whistle up a horse. So let's talk about Double B Drum Studio. Who do you accept as students and what can they expect from your school? Well, T, that's also quite an extensive question. But currently we accept from... Children, possibly a school-going age, which would probably be about eight years old, and then uh, anyone up to whatever, 100. So there's actually no, there's no real limit or you're never too old to learn. And just currently, we've got a little five-year-old, although I said eight-year, we've got a little five-year-old that is reading music and he is grooving like you cannot believe. Then I've got a 55-year-old professional lady in the corporate world that's also drumming. And funnily enough, well, not funnily enough, she's actually also reading music and just really, really enjoying every single minute of that. So I would I would suggest from school going to whatever age. I think the criteria about teaching would be also we've just tried to develop a space where it's all about having fun. And so we would look at it as being experienced fun. And then what I also do is if the student is a minor, school going still, uh, I would normally uh, usually arrange for a meeting first with the parents just so that we could go over all the expectations. And then we start off with a a 10-week basic course. Um, It's one lesson a week for 30 minutes, and all my lessons are one-on-one. We don't do group work. It's a relationship sort of based thing. And we and we do a lot of hand-foot coordination, which would be part of the 10-week course. And what we've also had to understand is that not everyone has a drum kit at home. So if you if you don't have drums at home, we just really work on hand movements and that you can practice at home without a drum kit. So for instance, I'll give you an idea. There are three basic rudiments that we work on initially that would be what they would call the single 
hand movement, single note hand movement, which would be right, left, right, left. And then the double hand movement, which would be right, right, left, left. And here's the challenge, I think, for all the listeners, uh, for you all to try it. You combine the two, the single and the double, and you put a thing together called a paradiddle. So it would be right, left, right, right, left, right, left, left. And that could take a while. Um, even the professional drummers on the circuit are, are using singles, doubles, and paradiddles in their formats. And then we go extensively on, within that 10-week period, we're talking about not having a drum kit. I actually try and emphasize to the parents not to go out and buy a drum kit until I actually just sort of advise them because I don't want them to go and invest in anything if the student really hasn't actually got what it takes to be a drummer, then their expectation isn't is what they expected. So... I think in the first 10 weeks, what we do, if they haven't got a drum kit, they invest just in a set of drumsticks, which you can get locally at a good price. Practice on a piece of wood. I tell the students not to play on their mom's coffee tables. That could be a bit dangerous. And and then that would take them to a place where just rhythm-wise and with the hand movement, we can actually, they can learn to play like one or two songs, depending on their ability within the first 10 weeks. They can even put music on the CD or something and play along with that. And then I think also just to finish on that, we also teach full-on percussion. So we do djembe workshops, djembe being the African drum. And we do congos, cowbells, triangles, and you know, like tambourines. So it's a general percussion thing. So now Johnny or Jane has completed their 10 weeks and together the child, the parent, you all feel that they should continue. What are they going to learn then going forward? Well, generally, as I said before, the area that we concentrate on is drumming for fun. If you're not going to have fun from learning to play the drums correctly, then, you know, it's, it's not worth your while. So it's all about fun-based. But then what we also do is we specifically focus then on we, we can always tell where they've come from and what genres they would be better in. And that's where we would sort of start specializing. And this is where I would I encourage most of the students, if they don't want to, but most of them, I encourage them to start doing the drum. It's not an exam. It's what they call a grading. And we do it through the Trinity Guildhall. Well, it's actually now called Trinity of London, which is a music academy in London. And it's been there for many, many years. And they work from... A grading structure of from grade one all the way up to grade eight. And I think grade eight would probably be your first one to one and a half year of university. So that's the standard that they're working at. And I've had a lot of parents asking me about the exam. How do they do it? What happens is that they would send adjudicators from London. They come twice a year, uh, specific months. And they would actually do the exam. It's a practical exam. So the student would play for the adjudicator and then they are allocated points on that or marks on that. So then what we also do is we, um, obviously all of this that I'm talking about now is based on being able to read music. And so from the first lesson, even the 10-week course, we teach the student how to read music. And then we look at the skill factor it is actually important to impart skill. 
but it's also it's a balance we need to look at. It helps to be naturally talented, but temperament and personality also plays a part. And so what happens is heart has to be in it, so parents must not pressure too much. Some kids you'll find will practice long every single day, and others have only got 10 minutes a day, and we, we encourage everyone to practice every day. But whether they play for 30 minutes or 10 minutes, it's, it's immaterial, whatever time they've got. I think the thing that I emphasize is that to play a shorter period of time sometimes could be better just to encourage them to actually practice every day. I think what I've tried to do is to just really just build a relationship. So it's very important to discover the specific students' inner sound because kids will sometimes shy away from where they are forced into a certain style. If I think of one of my top students was an underground drummer many years ago, and he didn't want to know anything about jazz drumming. So I started teaching him some of the genre without calling it jazz. And after a few months, he said to me, wow, this is brilliant. Uh, what is that genre? Well, I didn't really, because I didn't want to let myself down, I didn't tell him until after he turned professional. And I explained to him that that was jazz. And funnily enough, today he is a jazz drummer. Amazing. Um, yeah. And then... Um, you know, we focus on developing advanced skills, which includes the dynamics of also playing different beats in genres. We focus also on developing advanced skills, which includes the dynamics of also playing quietly. So, you know, parents don't have to worry about a noise. I think that's one of the main concerns. So speaking of being fearful of the noise, would this be when students should consider getting a kit for home practice? And what are they in for, um, investing in a drum kit? Uh, absolutely. I think if a parent, after the 10-week course, could buy a drum kit or get a drum kit, it would be advisable. But unfortunately, double beat, because we've been going for so long, we have like a library of drum kits that we've actually acquired through the years. And so you'll find that when the beginners get to a stage where they want to advance and go and do big gigs, then obviously they they need to acquire probably a better drum kit. So we, we have starter kits that we have refurbished, that we selling, it's like I would call it a double beat library. We can start a good second-hand drum kit at around 2,000 rand. And then, of course, as the drummer gets better and more professional, they obviously would acquire a better drum kit. And what we we encourage for them is to sell the drum kit back into the studio. And so we have quite a few drum kits floating around. And it doesn't mean because um, the, you're only paying 2,000 Rand that it's not a good buy. A lot of those 2,000 Rand kits you could actually carry on and you could have it for a long time as your first kit and beyond. I think that's brilliant. Now, looking back over 20 years of teaching drums and seeing so many young people walk through your door, where are you now after 20 years? Is there a, a new dream for you, uh, you know, maybe for the studio or just personally? Uh, T, oh, that, is, that is quite something. I think, you know, you've always got to up your game and you've always got to look at new opportunities. And I think my heart has always been the student and I've really got a youth heart. Although I'm my age and I won't, I won't tell you what that is, uh, I'm still stuck on an 18 to 20-year-old heart. 
And so my, my whole focus would be going forward is to continue to teach. I really, really just love building the relationships. It's just like a joy and a passion every single time a student walks into the studio, whether they get the beat right that I've taught them or not. And I think we've gone through quite a few things in 20 years with students. So I will continue to teach, but I think my heart um, right now is drawn a lot towards the community. And, and I know community-based, there's so many people that take out of the community. But I think like a lot of people in Toti, they, they're plowing back into the community. And so that would be my call right now is to raise up musicians, uh, if I could put it this way, keeping live music alive. It's a generational thing. Uh, it's also a biblical principle from from going generation to generation. And so I think what we need to teach, it needs to be legacies. We've got a, a thing called don't do drugs, do drums. There's so much gender violence going on around us. I've had the opportunity a few years ago of working at the Highland Gathering with the police doing don't do drugs, do drums. And so we need to set up strategies in the communities to identify people that we can raise up as mentors and spend time schooling them so that they can continue to mentor. And I think that would be the principle from generation to generation. And then to instill hope into a community through music and offer an alternative to drugs and violence through the music. To say to them, never give up. And it's not just music. It's all about life. There's so much negativity going on. I've just realized, and I think this is what we need to instill into the community and especially into the youth, that life is worth living. It's not just all negative. And so if I could, the legacy that I would love to leave behind is, and this is, I would quote this, because of you, I'd never gave up. That is such a powerful legacy to strive for. Of course, we're all hoping that you can resume lessons soon. Um, do you have a Facebook page or a website? And how can folk contact you for pricing and other info for lessons? Yeah, T, I, I do have a Facebook page and email. I could give you an email address and a phone number. So maybe we start with the uh, phone number. It's 083-977-0226. And then my email would be Hughes, as in my surname, H-U-G-H-E-S, Gavin, G-A-V-I-N, 1616 at gmail.com. Okay, that's great. I'll make sure that that goes onto Facebook and also on our website so people know where to look. Gavin, I've listed some old school drum legends by way of introduction to our chat. Are any of those your favorites um, or who did you draw your inspiration from? Um, see, I think right now, um, every single one of them, they're all legends. And uh, in fact, the Trinity uh, Guild, well, the Trinity course that we offer, uh, there are a lot of these drummers that actually come through on the songs that are played and that are taught and that students learn. And so I would just say, um, you know, John Bonham was recognized as probably the best rock drummer out and then, uh, yeah, so I've learned from every single one of them. And I think they, they have left a legend of drumming that will never grow old. It will always be modern. Fantastic. Gavin, it's been fabulous. Thank you for chatting to us. 
We look forward to hearing you play and we wish you all the best with your vision for our youth. And I really do hope that you can inspire and convince the gentlemen from the gentry to come up Sapphire Coastway. So take care. Jeez, thank you so much for this incredible opportunity. Uh, Toti is our heart. The Sapphire Coast is our heart. And so I want to say thank you to you, to Gary, and to the rest of the Chat Sapphire listeners. Thank you very much.